Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Esther 5. You might have noticed in our study of Esther, we've covered almost every word in the book, which isn't typically the what the way we do it with the Bible overview. A lot of times we only hit the high points, but this is such a unique book with such an interesting story where each detail builds on the last one, and there are a lot of great applications. So we're going to continue in chapter five. So far, Cliff's notes of the story are that the people of Israel, some of them are still exiled in Persia. Some have gone back to Jerusalem to begin to rebuild the temple and all the things that we've studied before in Ezra and Nehemiah. But Esther and her cousin or her uncle Mordecai are in Susa, the capital of the Persian Empire. Through a crazy set of providential circumstances, Esther is raised up to the position of queen, Ahasuerus, King King Ahasuerus' queen, to replace Vashti. And then there's a guy named Haman who hates Mordecai, her cousin, her uncle, this Jewish guy, and he hates the Jewish people. And so he has convinced the king to wipe them out. And this this drama continues as Mordecai has filled in the queen through an uh, in-between guy named Hathach to tell her how this has all taken place and why. And he has appealed to her in yesterday's text to go in. You've been raised up, Esther, for such a time as this to approach the king, Ahasuerus, and have him not carry out the edict that Haman convinced him to put out to the whole Persian empire that all the Jews would be killed. Well, Esther is afraid, even though she's the queen, to go to the king. And she says, uh, I suppose I'll do it. I'm convinced that what it's what God wants me to do. If, if I perish, I perish. And we come to today. And this is the beginning of the moment of truth, chapter five. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes, stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's quarters while the king was sitting on his royal throne inside the throne room opposite the entrance to the palace. When the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, she won favor in his sight, and he held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. And Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. The king said to her, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you, even to half of my kingdom. And Esther said, If it please the king, let the king and Haman come today to a feast I have prepared for the king. And the king said, bring Haman quickly so that we may do as Esther has asked. So the king and Haman came to the feast that Esther had prepared. And as they were drinking wine after the feast, the king said to Esther, what is your wish? It shall be granted to you. What is your request? Even to the half of my kingdom, it shall be fulfilled. Then Esther answered, my wish and my request is this. If I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my wish and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come to the feast that I will prepare for them. And tomorrow I will do as the king has said. So a couple things in this part of the text. One is, you remember yesterday, Esther made it clear, I haven't been summoned by the king for 30 days. Sounds like this marriage or this relationship, which is at least five or six years old by this time, is getting a little bit cold and icy if they haven't seen each other for 30 days. She said, and if I go to the king's inner court and he doesn't offer me the the scepter, then there's only one 
thing that can happen, and that is that I die. Anyone who is in that situation and the king doesn't offer the scepter, they're they're dead meat. And so, but she goes into there anyway. So imagine kind of the stress that she's thinking as she puts on her royal robes and stands in the inner court and is waiting to find out if King Ahasuerus is going to offer her the, the golden scepter, which he does. So she's in the clear. Then she's being very wise and prudent and, and, and methodical about this. She doesn't just say, okay, please spare my people, the Jewish people from the edict you put out. Instead, she offers to, she's made a feast for the king and for Haman, the guy who hates Mordecai and the Jews who convinced the king to put the edict out to wipe them out. And then they come to the feast. And after the feast, she says, well, actually, my wish is that you would come to another feast tomorrow. So she's just going to great lengths to wine uh, and dine these guys and kind of set this up for the best possible outcome. Then verse nine, it says, Haman went out that day, joyful and glad of heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai at the king's gate, that he neither rose nor trembled before him, and he was filled with wrath against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself. He went home, he sent and brought his friends and his wife Zeresh, and Haman recounted to them the splendor of his riches, the number of his sons, and the promotions with which, which the king had honored him, and how he had advanced him above all the officials and servants of the king. Then Haman said, Even Queen Esther let no one but me come with the king to the feast she prepared. And tomorrow I am also invited by her together with the king. Yet all of this is worth nothing to me so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then his wife Zeresh and all his friends said to him, let the gallows, let a gallows 50 cubits high be made. And in the morning, tell the king to have Mordecai hanged upon it. Then go joyfully with the king to the feast. This idea pleased Haman and he had the gallows made. How many times, friends, this is looks like real dire straits for the Jewish people. How many times have we been at the precipice of the extinction of the Jewish people? You go back to Genesis when they were in famine, but God raised up Joseph to be next to Pharaoh to be able to feed them and spare them from the famine. You go to Moses leading them across the Red Sea. It looks like the Egyptians are going to get them and it's going to be all over for the Jews and the waters part and they walk across. This is going to happen again. It's happened again. It's happened before. It's going to happen again. And I would submit to you that if you are a follower of Christ, you have, in a spiritual sense, been in the exact same place. You and I were born dead in our sin. Opponents of God, under God's wrath, We've talked about this over and over and over, that God is perfect and holy, and he has no room for fellowship with sinners. And so, because we're stained with the sin of Adam from our birth, we deserve nothing but death and eternal separation from God forever in a place the Bible calls hell. But because of God's great love for us, just like we're going to see in this story, he's going to send a solution. He's, he's going to preserve his people. And the way that God preserved us, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life, to meet the righteous requirements of the law perfectly in a way that we couldn't, in a way that satisfied God's holiness. He died on the cross, bearing the burden of our sin. Then on the third day, he rose again so that anyone who put their faith in him would have his righteousness attributed to them and the penalty he Mark paid on their behalf, Mark paid for them. So we, as believers in Christ, can stand holy and righteous before God in fellowship with him, not headed for destruction in hell, but headed for eternity in heaven and 
given a purpose beyond anything that is imaginable during our life here on earth. Lord, thank you for your gospel. Thank you for all the glimpses of it that we get to see in the Old Testament. Thank you for rescuing us from certain death through Christ. Amen. The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org, and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship. Third is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and prayerfully consider financially supporting one of our partnering ministries. And check our episode notes for links and more details. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.